holidays it's time again for the 2023 acb holiday auction come join your acb friends on zoom or acb media sunday november 26th at 6 p.m eastern for an evening of fun and fundraising for acb there'll be a wide variety of items for your bidding pleasure including jewelry collectibles crafts technology gift cards and those ever popular baked items all proceeds will go to support the work of acb media if you want to get an early start on things you can bid on items presented in the sneak a peek appetizer auction friday and saturday november 24th and 25th watch your email for more details or you can email leslie spoon at leslie spoon at cfl.rr.com we'll see you at the auction november 26th happy bidding the opinions expressed on the acb media network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service nor does it reflect the views of the american council of the blind its elected officials or its staff good evening and welcome to tuesday topics did you miss us we hope so but we hope you all attended the acb gala that was really pretty amazing stuff uh I don't know that I would ever be have been able to put all of that together. Um, it's it's really pretty amazing that uh, that all of that stuff was managed to be uh, so well synchronized and put together, and and really sounded so good all the way through. So, congratulations to the audio description project, and congratulations to the winner of the People's Choice Award award. Um, I happen to be a Wednesday fan, so I thought that was a good decision. Um, I, don't, I don't know, Mary Marianne, have you seen uh, Wednesday? I have not. So Wednesday is uh, is a part of the Adams family. She is one of the daughters. Well, I, in the I knew that. Family. I remember that. <laughs> and um, she goes off to to um, a special school, and. Um, Really, it it's all of the adventures that she has in that special school, which is which is um, the same school that her that her mom went to. So, well, now uh, I'm intrigued. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, well. yeah. But the um, but the the audio description really was very well done. It was very well written, and it and it's very well presented. So it it deserved <clears throat> it. It was deserving of accolades. Yeah. And Mr. Larry, you are well, sir? I'm well. I'm doing well. Everything is good. Excellent. And um, I I know that, that our producer-in-chief is here, but he is not feeling all that great tonight. So we're giving him a miss, and we're not uh-huh. disturbing him. We're letting him just hang out in the background, as it were. So, Rick, get better and feel better for us when you can. So, so far... Um, we have not seen Mr. Charlson, but I'm sure he will arrive if he is able. And in the meantime, I think we have a couple of interesting topics to talk about. <clears throat> they both relate to how blind people operate within the environment of our society. And the first of the two has to do with how we respond to the way that the general public makes assumptions about our abilities. Um, I suspect that there is not a single person who is listening to this podcast or who is in the audience who has not had someone 
probably pretty recently, say something like, um, it is really amazing what a good job so-and-so does looking after you. I, that is so amazing. They're so wonderful that they will do that for you. It, it could be to our daughters, it could be to our spouses, it could be to, um, it could be to um, uh, a, a friend that we're with. Uh, it could even be to an Uber driver. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. The fact is that um, that there are an awful lot of folks who have pretty low expectations for us as people who are blind. Uh, would you agree with that, Mr. Larry? I would. I, I, <laughs> I have an example that just ticked me off for years, yep. for years, because I've been a barbershopper and have sung since 1973. And the person who said this was a friend of mine. Um, but we must have been in the society, John and I, for, oh, at least 15, 20 years. And he walked up at one of our performances to the other two guys in the quartet, and we were there. It's not like he said this behind our back. We were standing there. Mm -hmm. He walked up to them and said, I just think it's so incredible that you guys would <laughs> give these two blind people a chance to sing and that you would stop what you're doing to actually sing with them in a quartet. And I said, oh my gosh. I thought we had gone and, so much further than that, but, you know. And and and, and, he and how it. did how did the two guys in the quartet respond? Did they just say thank you? Well, they didn't. They did not drop their jaws uh, <laughs> at all. But they said yeah. they both apologized later on. They said, you know, he, he's that's the way he is. But they they were not happy because they knew they could see the looks on our faces that we weren't overly excited by it at all. Yes, yeah, but, but what do you do in that case? You can't, you can't, yeah. you can't say to the oh. guy, you don't know what you're talking about, you know, because he meant it in all, in everything that's good. But the problem is it's, it was, not only was it probably inappropriate, but it was just not something that you say to somebody when you, when you don't have the full array of facts in your favor. Uh, Marianne, I, I, I assume that, that it's happened to you as well. Oh, sure. Yeah. Larry, I would have said to that guy, oh, are you kidding me? We were so sought after. Our voices are so extraordinary. <laughs> that, they, they, that we, we, we decided to give these guys a chance because nobody else right. would sing with them. You know? That's what I would yeah. have said. Yeah. Um, I had um, a similar, actually, um, two things. I'll, the the um, After my choir director left for another for places elsewhere we got this nun who was our pianist and supposed choir director well she just <clears throat> i i don't know it, it had to be five times or more and any you know any time that we, we'd be alone and she'd have an opportunity to talk to me she'd say your daughter dresses you so well that's and it was the exact example you used yes. in your in your message but it was yes. it was so what she oh. said and i would i like i would pause we would be maybe walking someplace or whatever i'd pause and i'd turn to her and i'd say my daughter has nothing to do with me i dress her and i just couldn't i i'm not good at holding my tongue and the other thing that she did <clears throat> 
was um, she said thank you to someone who drove me to choir, someone who was my friend. And that person turned to her and kind of almost stomped her foot and said, I I resent you thanking me. She is our friend, and we come to church with her. We don't just bring her. Correct. Um, you know, so it... Um, she was. She's the one who most stands out. But my God, I have. I. I have many, many. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There are gazillion examples. But yes. But I think. I, but I think that what you describe in in both of those occasions are two entirely different approaches. That's um, true. That can be taken. One of them has has you essentially saying um, up yours, Charles. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> or Joan was her name. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> But the other, but the other approach is is where, is where the person who is being accosted with the inappropriate remarks actually stands up and says, "No, right. uh, I'm not taking it." And right. when that happens, um, what what you recognize is a you really got a friend, and b you've got somebody who truly understands yes. that we're that we're. That we're people and not diminished entities, as it were. Yeah. <clears throat> so, it's it's interesting um, to to explore. Do we think? So let's explore this, and then I think we're going to open it up because we've probably laid enough of a foundation for oh, yeah. people to to raise some issues. But do we think? That it ought to be the responsibility of the people who are being spoken to about us to intervene. I don't know if they if no. it sh- if if we if it should be up to them. But I I was extremely appreciative of the fact that she did say what she did, um, and I I know other instances. My friend Tom his. They went to a doctor's office, and the doctor, the receptionist, refused to talk to him. Was talking to her, mm-hmm. and she just turned around and walked away, <laughs> <laughs> thereby leaving her no choice but yeah. to talk to Tom. So um, I don't but, know uh, if it's up to uh, yeah. them, but I, I, I think I appreciate it. If there's somebody that cares about you, I think that it's uh, uh, Larry. Do you, you have a thought? Well, I, I think. In my case, in, and I've had tons of those situations too, but in, in the one that I mentioned to you, I wish I had actually done something or said something a little different than what I actually did. This is many, many, many years ago. But uh, I didn't, uh, but I, I he, because in the end, he really never learned anything by this. He He continued thinking what he thought, what he said, was accurate and was good, right? And in, 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 and in, and in fact, the fact that there was no response reinforced his correct. belief. Correct, correct. <clears throat> and 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 that's part of that's part of the issue that's out there. If we do nothing, if we simply say it, it isn't worth it, I am just so tired of trying to correct the whole world, and I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And and God knows we're tempted to do that. But if we take that approach. I, I, I think what we're essentially doing is is we are creating an environment where what we're actually doing is we're reinforcing and validating people who raise those issues. I think in some cases it, it kind of depends on the person who makes the statement. Like, in other words, it's a lot different when a friend says something to you than when a 
somebody either who is a total stranger who, or maybe isn't a friend, but it's somebody that you know. It's, it's a lot easier to respond. But I, as I grew older and have grown older, I, I now will respond to everybody. Hopefully, it's something that will be a, a good, consistent, nice response. Not you know, I'm not going to yell and scream at somebody, but but there, I've learned that there has to be a response of some sort. So what what does he want for dinner? Yeah, in a restaurant, I get that all the time. Right. Um, yeah, I sometimes and, and will I, say he wants. <laughs> yes, and there's a slight yes. pause. You know, whatever steak or whatever it is hamburger. I said, and by the way. I would appreciate the next time you come to the table and chat, let's you and I talk rather than other people are, who are sitting at the table and say, I don't want to be left out. Because in most cases, they don't know that they're doing that. I know that they're doing that. So I usually try to find a way to yeah. bring it in, bring them into the conversation. Yeah, I, think, I think that's okay. I'm, I'm a yeah. little bit meaner. What, <laughs> what I usually do is I, I, I usually do something like <laughs> I'll say, especially now that I can, I'll say, gosh, um, uh, how do you know that's my pronoun? (laughs) Sorry. You're a lot more subtle than I am. (laughs) That's funny. Okay. Have you got a slash in that pronoun? <laughs> but it's it's actually it's actually pretty effective because it suddenly does exactly the same thing to them yes, as they just did to you. That's true. <laughs> now maybe maybe it's not a nice thing to do, and maybe it's not an appropriate thing to do, <laughs> but it's fun. <laughs> but I can, and it's fun. And sometimes that's what's important. <laughs> yep. You know, they even do it with guide dogs. Do they? You know, yeah, well, you know, they say things like, oh, your dog takes such good care of you. They've oh, never done that. Your, yeah. I he's think your, that's right. He's your, your protector. He's <sighs> your whatever, you know, having no idea that, you know, without direction, they'd just be a dog. <laughs> They've never done that to my kid. Exactly. Yeah. Never. I've that's, had that. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Miss Marianne, I suspect we have a few hands up there. Marianne, you're such a wonderful hand raiser. Thank Just you. Incredible. <laughs> Gosh, I don't, I don't know, know how you do it. I don't do know it. how you do that. With, with, Some with weeks, no I don't vision. know how I do it either. <laughs> <laughs> and who helps you when your daughter got married this last weekend? Somebody must have. I walked her down the aisle myself. Yes, you did. and you. I didn't even have my dog's help. Thank you. Oh, cool. You. Cool. I was afraid <laughs> that, he'd be too silly. Yeah, I bet he would have been prepared to help, though. Might have been. He's pretty new. He's a newbie. And I, yeah. I just didn't want to take that chance. So we have, I believe it's her name is pronounced Marlene. And Marlene, yep. you are, we, we're ready for you. You may unmute. Somebody will have to help her unmute. There, there you are. <laughs> May I mute it? <laughs> yes, you are. You're unmuted. Yep. Hi there. Okay. Hi. I don't. I don't. I am not totally blind, partially, and this is my first time listening to you. Um, and I'm very much interested in what you have to say. I don't have anything to add at this point. Okay. Well, listen yep. on. So, but do you? As a as a do you have some vision or are you totally sighted, Miss Marlin? I'm I'm partial. I have a low vision. 
I, so, I am blind in one eye and have low vision in the other eye. Yeah. Haven't, but haven't you run across situations where, where even though you can see some people, people decide that somebody has to be helping you? Yes. Oh, yes. How do they know? I, How do they know? <laughs> you know, they're because usually, they're usually well, friends. Or, I never go out you, alone. Uh, yep. And do you use a cane? No, I don't. Mm. No, I don't. I haven't gotten to that point. Um, and I only go out with family and friends, so I'm never alone. And and do you generally take their arm, or or do you just usually, walk together, walk close together? Usually, they'll take my arm, which I'm <laughs> thankful for. Um, I nice. Don't want to fall, <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, they help. They prevent that from happening, and and um, yes, and I welcome that. And um, you know, even help eating out with people, they'll be very kind to me. And, you know, say, well, Marlene, here's where your fish is, and here's where your potatoes. And I don't, I can't make out things very well. Hmm. But do you do you sometimes still feel that 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 you're treated as though you're a non-person, even though you're a partial, Miss Marlene? Um. No, I don't. Uh, but I'm. It no, I that doesn't face me. What bothers me the most is just not really being able to appreciate all the things that are around me and the people to the sight of the sight of them um missing out on so much i have a new great grandson and i would love to really know the details of how he looks i know what he looks like but it's not perfect it's not what it ever was before and those are the things that bother me and not able to do a lot of things myself i'm like to be independent and I'm finding it very difficult. Hmm. What part of um what part of the country do you live, dear? I'm in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Nice. Chicago, Chicago yep. Illinois. Have you have you been to the lighthouse yet? I have not. Um I'm working with a um organization in um one of the suburbs here and they sent somebody out to help me along and give me mm-hmm. ideas on um how to how to prepare a meal and how to you know fix the house up so that it's easier for me so i've been working with them and somebody recently recommended that maybe i inquire about a white cane so that i can do things alone yeah, I, I I think it would be good for you to um, to go to the lighthouse and and get an opportunity to um, to interact with some other folks who are visually impaired, um, okay. and and also get some training so your white cane works a little better for you. Okay. What do you think, Marianne? Yep. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It would it would make you feel um, really really um, good um, and empowered about, too. Yeah, about, I mean okay. about your strengths. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I hear what you were talking about, and I hope I never have to encounter those situations that it would just hurt bad. But I, I have not encountered that. Well, you, you will, dear one. <laughs> but that's sure. okay. I'm uh, sure. It's, um, but at it, least it, I know that that's yep. what happened. Yes. Yep. Yes. Cool. Thank you very much for calling. Oh, well, thank you. I'm very much interested in the subject and listening intently. Thank you. And I wish everybody a very happy and a blessed Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And you too. Thank That's you. Excellent.
Yep. Hey, thanks. We have uh, Melody. Holloway. Miss Holloway. I could speak to this almost on a daily basis and with additional conditions. It's 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 becoming a point where I just avoided patronization that I knew I would face fighting another serious infection, deciding to fight it basically on my own because I knew that in an ER or an urgent care setting, I would most likely face patronization. And it's kind of, if I had longer... I would touch on aspects, you know, dealing with caregiving, the Alzheimer's Association, how the care consultants would patronize me when I asked for advice, or the psychiatric hospitals, you know, would focus on, I'm actually marked as grandiose and psychotic, speaking of conventions or the devices that we use, or, you know, Braille, or podcasts that I listen to, or prior caregiving experiences and getting my hands dirty in the way that I had. And it's how would you know, because you're blind, you couldn't possibly, you're going on a tangent, so we're going to hold you. And I hope it's okay that I go there. And it's just Uh. my life and my livelihood have been in jeopardy so many times because of patronization and and other people and the collateral that is had because of the DSM. And when you're taught for 18 years in school and independent living centers, no one speaks for you. And then it's flipped on its face. You know, it's like, okay, what do I do in my late 30s? Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting situation that you find yourself in because you've got to deal um, if you have multiple disabilities with with bunches of folks who really have not a lot of experience dealing with people who are blind or visually impaired. Um, and, and it means that they're probably gonna going to have their feet in their mouths most of the time, right? Yes, even in LGBTQ settings, you know, it's it's how do you know or how can you and it just becomes when they focus on it's so nice that that driver brought you and thank you so much for doing this for and oh, that person must have done this for you or oh, can you find her ID for her that I end up not getting what I'm there done, you know, and it's just knowing what I set out to and having the patronization get my way. So how do, do you try to correct that much of the time or do you just find it isn't worth the effort? Here lately I'm becoming so exhausted that I'm I'm backing down sometimes and submitting where I don't want to but I I lived with a family that you know how families can be they can oh be nice and be polite and just you know go along with it because of their own reservations I had to live so controlled so even the disability subsidy that I live under these services, it's, oh, you, you have to have someone care for you and we're going to require it in order for you to keep the subsidy. And so I am very much trying to speak up um, to the point that I'm thinking about our bottom line, the greater good, anyone who might have to face the situation, I'm not necessarily doing any favors, but yes, I am. I am trying to speak up. But there are those moments when I'm so burnt out that I'm just saying right. I'm over it. Why can't I be over yeah, I think, um, I, and, and I think, uh, unfortunately, it's it's really tough because um, as long as there's a recognition that um, there are mental health issues as well, there 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 are really two reasons why people could disregard what you're saying rather than just one. Oh yeah, and I, um, I'm having a lot more 
physical motor issues and things. So I don't, I don't have the appearance of someone who aspires to do what I do and to have had, you know, so it's kind of, it's very hard to prove and I'm slowing my speech down and really thinking about it. So I sound unnatural more than I normally would. So it's, it's kind of becoming a global issue. Yep. So is, is, is there anything that you think the general community can do about this or should do about this? I think if we can try to go more places by ourselves and use the customer service employees in stores or the poll workers or the, you know, the bank tellers and things and get them, the PAs and medical offices, if we can get them to step up to the plate, I have a really kind postal worker who helps me ship you know boxes to the people that i do and right. they they'll get used to you eventually if you don't have someone with you for that option of someone else to be spoken to but if you do have someone with you make sure they know to help you out i think it's very good if they help you out even by turning away and not giving you know the option to be spoken to yeah that makes sense that makes sense miss melody thank you so much for your call We, have we appreciate it. Pam Coffee. Ah, Miss Coffee. Yes, I could write a book on this subject. Unfortunately, I'm not really a writer, so <laughs> but um the one I'm going to share was one of the worst ones I ever experienced. The one good thing is I was young enough at that time that I had the support of my parents. Um, I was about to graduate from high school. I had finished all my classes. My high school, my, my, I had a, shall we say, a respectable grade point average. Nice. Uh, everything was good to go. I was at the first rehearsal for graduation where we you know you line up and you march in a certain right. little formation thing and so we were doing that and i thought everything was going just fine and all of a sudden someone came up behind me and grabbed me and pulled me out of line i i don't know why i didn't scream i don't know i guess if i had no one would have heard me because we were doing this to music and all that kind of stuff. Well, it turned out it was the principal who, I mean, I didn't know him all that well because, well, I had not gotten into trouble and been sent to the principal's right. office all the time. So I barely knew him. And so he had pulled me out of line and he said, you're not marching. And I said, excuse me. He said, you're not marching. I said, what's the problem? I passed all my courses. You know, all, everything is, you know, whatever. He says, you're not marching. And I, I thought, well, that's a lame excuse. So I had to sit on the sidelines. Wasn't much I could do because there was no, you just, you couldn't sway him. And so when 
I got home that day and my mom said, how did the rehearsal go? And I said, oh, you don't even want to know. Well, long story short, my mom and my dad were both really ticked off. They had meetings with the principal and with the senior class advisor. And it turned out she was the one that had instigated this. Yeah, she was the one that had talked to the principal and the principal was the one that came and yanked me out of line. Um, and of course, their thing was, or the, the class advisor, her thing was, oh, she might fall walking across stage to, or walking, getting off of the, the risers yep. or whatever to go and get the, get the um, diploma, which was, I mean, I, I barely knew her. I mean, good grief, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I'd never been in one of, had a class under her or anything. We had spoken to each other like, hello, how is your day going? And that was about the extent of it. She really didn't, she probably never saw me get around with, um, well, I actually wasn't able to use a cane at school because I had both hands full of books and sometimes a typewriter and all the stuff mm -hmm. you had to carry. Um, yep. So I just moved slowly and carefully. Mm -hmm. And so um, that they finally came up. The best we could do was come up with a compromise that, you know, it worked. I was not real, real happy, but it we came up with something that would more or less work. Um, and so, um, oh, and, and it was that I think why the the main thing that the advisor didn't want me marching was we had to go uh, down this long aisle and then go up the stairs on to the stage. And the graduation mm -hmm. was not at the school. It was at the uh, at a big uh, civic center sort of a thing. Right, right, right. And so so it was it was mainly the um, I think the main. Well, I don't know the the whole thing was just so crazy, screwy, what have you. But um, I echo what Melody said in that when that those of us who get out and do things on our own, like get an Uber, mm -hmm. go to wherever it is you're going, shopping, whatever. And yeah, if you need to use Ira or Be My Eyes to figure out how to get from the elevator to wherever it is you're going, that's that's fine, but you're still doing it. You're you're independent. You're by yourself. Yep. I don't even I don't have a guide dog. And so I think the more people that see us doing stuff on our own rather than always being with a friend or always having a cab driver or whatever walk us into the whatever instead of, you know, getting out of the vehicle 
asking where the entrance is and, um, you know, walking in ourselves. And I think if more of us did that, um, I think we would get farther along in educating. That's not necessarily going to help at the restaurant when the waiter walks right, the server walks right past you and goes to the next person. And you're sitting there yep. and, and, uh, and this happened to me a couple of years ago and I turned and said, excuse me, I'd like to make a place an order as well. And, you know, the guy had walked <laughs> right past me. Uh, so, yep. um, but I think the more we do on our own and then, and try to, well, educate that, that word, I guess is overused, but no, it's all do good. as much of that as we can. I think more people will eventually get the message. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think what you're talking about there is going to be relevant when we get to our second topic later on. Tonight. Oh yes. Oh yes. So, so, um, so, um, stay tuned and, and perhaps, perhaps we'll get to talk to you a little bit more about that later. Miss Pam, thank I you. I will for your probably, call. I will probably be back on the second hour. <clears throat> All right, dear. <laughs> thank you much. You're welcome. Miss Marianne. We have Nicolette. Nicolette. Now, did I hear Mr. Brian? You did. Welcome, sir. Uh, be glad that you do not have guys installing new cabinets in your kitchen. Uh, I I am glad. <laughs> Miss Nicolette, how are you? Thank you. <clears throat> I have a bit of a cold, but other than that, <laughs> I'm doing very well. And um, unfortunately, I can't stay past the uh, half an hour from now because I have a class I have to go to. But um, this is fascinating because when my father started losing his sight, I went to the lighthouse with him in San Francisco. And I think that education is really important because people are basically ignorant. They don't know how to deal with blind people. And so they just go ahead and do whatever they think is appropriate. They don't ask. And the first thing that I would tell people is ask. Ask if people need help, because some of my friends, I, they'd be right next to me, and somebody would grab them from the other side to walk them across the street. And maybe we were waiting for a bus. We didn't want to go across the street. Um, right, and I exactly. Found, even though, yeah, and I would get upset, but then I thought, no, I can't, because I've been in business for many years, and you kill them with kindness, and then they're really, really nice, and they learn more that way. Um, so I would just say, and especially when we were shopping, or if I was with friends, and they would the, my friend would give the cashier the money, but the cashier would, you know, hand it to me. And I would just look at her and I'd say, I'm sorry, but I didn't give you the money. And then she kind of looked blank. And then all of a sudden she realized, oh, yeah, okay. So then she would give the money to, to my friend. And then my friend would, said, would, you, would say, would you please count it out for me? So that, that young woman learned a lesson. Nobody got angry. Um, we just kind of let her know what the appropriate thing was. However, I would get very angry when people jumped over the canes of my friends and I would scream at them and make a hell of a scene on the street and embarrass the hell out of them because, and I'd say, don't you understand? Those are her eyes. If you break that cane, she can't move. And, and I would get really, really angry. But the rest of the time, I was really nice to people. 
and and mm-hmm. try to try to educate them. And it needs to start in the schools because I took a group of people from the lighthouse to my granddaughter's school when she was in third grade, and there were three classes. They divided them into two, and the teacher said, "Well." You know, it would, they'll probably ask questions for about 20 minutes and then they'll go to gym and then they'll go to lunch. Well, an hour and a half later, we were still all in those two classrooms and she finally had to come and stop it because she said, well, the kids have to have, they have to have their lunch before they start their afternoon classes. Yeah. But they were asking questions like crazy. And this was a program that I instituted, but then we got a new CEO in San Francisco and he squelched it. He stopped it immediately and took away a lot of the programs for the seniors. Um, now we have a new CEO and programs like that can start up again. And I think that's important. We need to reach people in the school and, and teach them at an early age so that they understand and they don't have to be afraid because a lot of people are afraid of blind people. They talk yeah, well, too I loud. I think that's, they, that's also accurate. Now, Ms. Really, Nicolette, are, so, you, are, you, are you fully sighted? Uh, yes, except for having cataract surgery, yes. Yeah, excellent. Uh, that is excellent. Although... Although when I was 10 years old, my eyes got really, 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 really bad. And I had to wear glasses, but I'm 78 now. But I don't know. I don't think they ever measured to see whether I was legally blind or not. But I was able to have glasses that brought me back to 20-20 vision. And then when I was 16, I got contact lenses. And then my eyes didn't get any worse. And then I had laser surgery when I was 52. So that brought that brought my eyesight back to normal. And I didn't have to wear glasses. So um, I've been very, very fortunate. I've been very, very fortunate. So thank you very much. So have you um, have you found yourself kind of intervening as as well on be on when when somebody says what a wonderful fortune you are to look after your dad? Do you generally say anything or? Well, normally they didn't because they knew that I loved my dad. He was my favorite person at that time, and he was such a pleasure to be around. And most people who knew him envied the fact that I was able to spend so much time with him. But sometimes they do that with my friends and they say, oh, how sweet you are. And I said, I'm not sweet. My friends, you know, we're just doing things together. And then um, I was dating somebody years ago who was blind and somebody asked me, well, what's it like to date a blind guy? And I said, well, I said, there's no difference except that he just can't see. And I said, and aside from that, if we're still together when I get older, he won't be able to see my wrinkles. (laughs) There you go. So there you have it. <laughs> yep. Miss Nicolette, thank, you, thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you. Excellent. We have Greg. Greg. Am I unmuted? Yes, you are. You are. Okay. Um, yep. I find I'm retired now, but you know, I worked my whole entire life and I commuted um you know with uh public transportation. And I mean, I, I could sit and talk for hours on, you know, the discretions, but I found that if it, depending on the person that was accosting you, <laughs> um, I would try, you know, if they were, you know, real aggressive, I would sort of try to be maybe a little ag- aggressive back. But I found that when people would w- walk up to me and say, you know, can I help you across the street? Um, typically, I would never let you know, male, you know, lead me across the street, I would just say, instead of saying no, um, I would say, well, you, you could tell me when the light changes. And as soon as they said, okay, the light changed, I said, okay, and, you know, boom, I was I was gone. And then especially, you know, with women, I found that when I said no, they would walk away like with this 
you look in her face like what did i do wrong so yeah i would say oh, yeah yeah you, you can help me across you know and, and as they were walking away i would pay attention and they were always like i'd made their day and i thought well okay you know if i made somebody's day that was good but but as far as on the other end when they were people were being nasty especially like in restaurants where if i'm out you know to eat and the waitress will take everybody else's order and then she'll say or he'll he'll say what's he want and i i trained everybody that i would go out with i said if that happens just say i don't know ask him and um then that i, I just didn't like to embarrass people because then they just want to get away they don't want to learn and then it's just far as trying to be a little preemptive on everything um i would never go out unshaven or my hair you know or like you know older clothes or you know if i ever went out it was always you know hair is combed real nice you know clean shaven because i i know darn right well if i go out and i have a you know uh five o'clock shadow on somebody's gonna say oh the person who shaves him must be off today <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think it'd actually be fun to go out that way and and see if somebody said oh my god nobody's looking after you what a shame <laughs> but i don't know i just you know it's you you the, the education for people treating us is never going to go away because i don't think you know fully able people are around blind people enough to to get used to what it is so it's, it's going to be a, a constant effort you know because yeah. So, you know, I, I just learned not to get mad because when somebody would walk up to me and say, you know, can I, can I help you across the street? I would, my, my first instinct would say, no, I can get across myself. What makes you think I can't? You know, and that would just, yep. that would just tear them up. And I thought, ah, that's probably not a good thing to do. <laughs> the, 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 the kind of combination that, that, that I use most of the time when I don't want assistance, um, <clears throat> it, it, well, for instance, if I'm waiting um, for someone and they're 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 off doing something and I'm just hanging around, like somebody's gone to the gone to the bathroom and I haven't needed to, so I'm just hanging out outside. Somebody comes up and says, "Can I help you?" Or or when I'm trying to cross the street, you know, "Can I help you cross the street?" What I generally say is something like, um, "No thanks, I'm fine, but thank you so much for asking." um yeah I, i've taken that approach too but yeah. there, there was one time that i can remember that i just i lost it you know and i just yep. you know I, um we were our our team at work was we were going out for a birthday lunch you know when all of yep. us would go out together yep so we're all standing you know in the in the lobby of this restaurant waiting to be seated and you know i mean i've worked with these people for decades you know they know that i can't yep. see well when the wait when the uh the hostess came and said okay we we got your thing everybody left and left me standing in the middle of the lobby oh my gosh and you know and i knew what happened everybody just you know thought that i was with somebody else so i waited i thought no i'm i'm gonna you know this shouldn't have happened you know so i'm thinking to myself well, you know i'm just gonna stand here so i, I stayed there and i waited i'm thinking how long is it going to be before they realize i'm not at the table well it was a good 45 minutes to an hour 
And the hostess kept saying, you know, can I, you know, you waiting for somebody, can I help you? She said, well, no, people I was with, you know, left me here. She said, well, can, can I take you up to the table? And I said, no, no. But I said, you could do one thing. She said, what's that? I said, can you go up to the table and say, are you missing anybody? <laughs> and she did. <laughs> and she did. And all of a sudden, you know, the RVP starts yelling and screaming at, at my supervisor said, why did you leave him there? You should have left him there. You know, and they all did, you know, like I said, that was exactly. really the only, that was the only time I really, you know, and then I ended up, it was so late. Everybody was done eating. And I just said, nah, I, I don't want anything, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. Thank you very much for your, for your call, sir. Oh, anytime. Pre appreciate, appreciate you getting involved. So, Mr. Brian, have you had occasions where where you felt like you've been uh, uh, you you have been inappropriately treated? That somebody has treated you as though <clears throat> someone needs to take care of you? I don't think that there's a blind person who's been out in the general community more, for more than a, a week without having something along those lines happen. Mm -hmm. The most frequent, of course, is whoever cited you're with. Uh, mm -hmm. has to back off and let you be your own spokesperson mm -hmm. you know at a cash register checking out from a grocery store or, or dealing with that check at the end of dinner that kind of thing mm -hmm. um and again i i get more value out of turning those kinds of things into teaching moments than anything else because i haven't found getting upset by it ever benefited me. Uh, it just uh, festers after a while. For me, it is hard to be there when somebody else experiences it. Not so much myself. I can handle that, but boy, right. I can feel my blood pressure go up if it happens to somebody else in my vicinity. Uh, first time my no. wife was ever denied access to a restaurant you know i could have climbed over that counter and had a little word with the guy who said no dogs but yep. my wife handled it beautifully well uh we just said oh yes guide dogs are allowed everywhere and we just went in and sat at the table the guy eventually came and apologized uh, but again me you would have had to pull away with hot tongs you know i was ready to kill for most circumstances uh this last story reminded me of a fraternity we had to when a person became 21 we would strip them naked and carry them on our shoulders over to a pond a fountain in front of the state house and throw them in with nothing to cover themselves but a dessert plate and they'd have to run back to the campus that way well i went i was a pledge and went with everybody else and the minute that the guy hit the water everybody ran back to the to the frat house except <laughs> me yeah and, uh, i was the one the police <laughs> officer came up to and said i suppose you didn't see a thing <laughs> well you're not going to believe this but i'm blind and i i generally speaking don't see a thing <laughs> <laughs> uh, went back to the frat house and uh, it was lunchtime and went in and picked up a stack of plates turned around and said everybody smashed down with that 
stack of plates shattering going everywhere. So next time one of you leave me behind when we're supposed to be looking after each other, uh, think about this moment and walked out. Uh, there was a group apology before the evening was out, but nonetheless, you know, sometimes it's just plain people don't think about what they're doing until they yep. do it. Yeah. Yeah. So if if somebody is mistreating or being inappropriate with somebody else who you're with, um, and 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 they're simply accepting it, do you feel an obligation to get involved? I'm afraid I do. Uh, I remember once I was on the Oregon coast with the Oregon School for the Blind on a summer um, little trip to the coast. And uh, a couple of my fellow classmates were picking on a kid who was not only blind, but um, was mentally challenged as well. They were kicking him under the table and he said, what's happening? Who's doing that? And I got so mad that I reached across the table and took each of them by the collar who were doing this and smacked their heads together. And I got in trouble for being a hothead. Yeah. And so I, I really, I feel the need to do it, but I also feel uh, abused, if you will, <clears throat> if me trying to do something right causes somebody else to think I did something wrong. I hate being accused of doing something yep. wrong when I didn't. Yeah. Again, that will raise my blood pressure pretty pretty dramatically. Now, now I I have been around you sometimes with your sister Leslie. And yes. and I have seen some occasions where um people have um have not dealt appropriately with with you and I've watched Miss Leslie Essentially, put them in their place right now. Yep, um, she does that. Is is that something you appreciate, or or that you don't? It's a mixed thing. Keep in mind that although she's my sister, and we're both in our sixties, that we, I left the house uh, when I was eighteen, and she was twelve, so we didn't have much of a relationship as adults, because I moved out of the house, went to college, moved out of the state, right. and have lived out here in Massachusetts for a long time. So she still has training wheels where I uh, have to educate her after the fact, not during, because that's I don't do any good embarrassing her in those circumstances. But she might say something like, um, oh, when somebody's uh, I don't know, not looking where they're going and run into me or something like along those lines. She'll say something like, uh, oh, maybe you're the one who needs the white cane. <laughs> Think, comments like that. Yep. And, uh, you know, well, Leslie, probably you didn't educate anybody. You probably just annoyed them at this point. So, it, you know, there's those kinds of things that happen. I think, especially with family members. I uh, see. I don't. I, I'm not sure, Marianne. Would you would you have been upset if if somebody had done that? No, probably not that comment. And and my right. family is pretty good. Yeah. 
Because I don't think I'd be upset either. Uh, you know, I, I think I think. No. Yeah, I think my feeling is that I would much prefer um, for somebody to stand up and say something when that happens, um, rather than simply uh, letting it go. Now, is I, I guess the point that 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 I'm that I'm sure you're, you're going to make, Brian, and I and I get it is <clears throat> sometimes when people run into you, it's just because they're not paying attention. They they don't mean anything intentionally obnoxious about somebody who's blind. Um, and so I, I, I get that. Um, exactly. That, that, that's, that's part of it. You know, if you're a guide dog user and you're, and somebody's reaching down to pet your dog and you don't know it, please, if you're a sighted friend with them, say something. But, yep. Um, let you know it's more important that the blind person be their own advocate than somebody else to do it. It's when there's no way that can be possible that you need to step in anyway as a, a sighted friend or companion of that person. That's in interesting. Um, so Marianne, you're a you're a you're a dog guide user. If if you're walking with somebody who's who's able to see more than you and somebody reaches down to pet your dog, do you want to know about it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I do. And I I mean I struggle with how to correct people's behaviors. I have um a new relationship with Julie's mother, a uh, mother-in-law who um talks to my dog instead of talking to me when we're, you know, if I'm following her <laughs> and I I don't want to hurt her feelings, but eventually I'm going to have to say something. And I struggle with how do I do that tactfully um, and not, she's, you know, a little bit socially awkward and a little fragile. And I've been, you know, playing with that. How do I? So now, another, by, by talking to your dog, you mean she says, this way, puppy, come on. Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, dear. <clears throat> Maybe you yeah, take her to dinner. That. Maybe you take her to dinner in a non-combative kind of a setting and just chat about things. And that's one of the things that comes up. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I'm, yeah. I'll, I'll probably end up just saying to her, some, I'll probably end up blaming it on poor icon and say something like, Oh my God, when you talk to him, he just gets so goofy. It'd probably be better if you talk directly to me. So I, I might approach it like that, but, but that's, you know, just yeah. another one of those instances where, you know, a sighted person just doesn't know. They don't know. Yep. Makes sense. Do we have some more hands? Ms. We have lots of hands. Sure we do. Um, yep. Hold on. We have Jean. You may ah, Ms. unmute. Miss Mann, I'm assuming. Nope. Nope. Markley. Another Jean. Mm -hmm. Nice. This is, yeah, this is Jean Markley. Hey, Jean. How are you? I'm just fine. Thank you. Um, I'm a stand-up comic. And um, and so some of the things I address in my comedy are some of the things that you're talking about. Um, some of the questions that people ask blind people, like they think they have the right to do that. Um, <clears throat> one of the questions um, is, is it true that blind people's other senses are more, um, in, you know, more... Mm, now I just well tuned, yeah. Well tuned, yes, Developed. and sighted people. And I say, mm -hmm. what? 
and they'll say, is it true that si that blind people's <laughs> other senses, <laughs> and I make them ask the question again, I just look at them and go, how would I know that? It's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in my comedy routine, when I say it, then I say, is it true that sighted people don't think before they ask blind people questions? There you go. Exactly. So I, yep. I'm, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I do a lot of other stuff besides blind things, but I'm, I'm truly hoping that the people who see my act will come away with a different opinion of what blind people are capable of. Um, when I got my very first guide dog, I could see way better then. And we were in a mall, and I, and I was sitting waiting for my turn to go through the mall with the trainer. And, um, and a couple came over and said, oh, how beautiful. Well, I knew they were talking about the dog. So I, but I just sort of patted my hair and said, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they walked away. They, they, yep. they didn't know what to, it was like, oh, my God, a blind person has a sense of humor. Holy cow. What, how do I deal with this? It was, it was just <laughs> very, very funny. Um, and there's, I'm, I'm really glad that you're doing this because it yep. is definitely an issue for lots of us. And I like the idea of letting the people that you know that you're with just to remind them, please let me handle my own issues You yep. know, when something like that comes up. When I am out to dinner, even when I have my dog, when I'm out at a restaurant, the dog just doesn't mean anything to most people. They're like, oh, a dog. Um, yep. And But I, I do tell the wait staff, my name is Jean. I'm blind. Please let me know when you are putting something in front of me, when you're bringing me my food. And, and, they do. and so essentially what you're doing is you're taking control of the situation before they can ignore you. Yes. No. Yes. And, and one of the ways to do that, I think, is especially when it comes to wait staff, the same. Asking them what their name is and introducing yourself. Hi, Charlie. I'm Brian. I'd appreciate it if you'd let me know when you put anything down in front of me. Right. Right. Yeah. You just yeah. turn it into part of the conversation. Yes. Uh, yes. Treat, treat the staff like they're not servants in the same process. Right. You, know, you humanize them, they'll humanize you. Yeah, and, and then so when they Jean do it, then when they bring me the very first thing, which is usually a cocktail, <laughs> they'll say, and they'll say, nice. I'm putting the cocktail um, right in front of you. It's at 12 o'clock or however they, you know, it depends on the server. And I'll mm -hmm. say, thank you so much. I said, boy, you're a quick learner. And and they love yeah, it. Exactly. And they love exactly. it, yes. So... so so, Miss Jean, have you ever had uh, any of your audience suggest to you that that in fact, um, in effect, making people laugh about blind people is inappropriate or not a good thing? No, no, that's never happened. Mm -hmm. That has never happened. Uh -uh. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so, so Miss Jean, thank you very much for your call. At some point, we'll we'll have to have mm -hmm. you on with a. There's another guy from Hawaii who is also a comedian. We'll have to have you guys on to do your routine for us. <laughs> Dueling comedy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let me know. So, you are you from New York, so Miss Jean? Is that is that where you're from? 
I'm from New York yep. originally. I got my yep. first guide dog in Smithtown. Um, yep. I now live in Bradenton, Florida. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Miss Jean, it was a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for doing this, as I said before. Excellent. Miss Marianne. We have Beth's. Beth's yep. iPhone. Hey, Miss Beth. Hello, everybody. This is Beth from Virginia Beach. And I have two questions for thought, which have not been brought up so far. First of all, I wonder how many people who are now legally blind all the way up to totally blind who had sight before would have said the same things to a blind person they would have seen when they were sighted. I wonder about that. I wonder how many people would have done the same things that we are talking about right now. And I, I think I think all of them would. Don't you, Brian? Don't you, Marianne? I'm sorry. I missed that. My um thing cut out for a second. Yeah. yeah. Her, her her point was that that the, the, the folks who are low vision or blind now, but who had sight before, would they would they have done the same thing as we're talking about mm. now when they could see? And I and I think the answer is yes. I Probably. Do, I, think, I, I do too. Yeah. Yeah, they only yeah. learn about blindness by being blind. Correct. <laughs> Those, yeah. you know, and this or happens often. Or by being often. taught by their blind friends. I, right. I have yeah. another question, Paul. Yeah. Do you mind any, like, does, do questions bother you? Like, even if they're silly questions, do they, would you rather that somebody ask you questions, even if they'd be silly or um, just not? I I I love it when people ask questions. I I, I like it far better than then then i like it when they make assumptions and 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 think they know the answers even before they ask the questions mm -hmm. i'd rather yeah, them ask the question even, even if, if it's a silly. stupid yeah. one at least they're asking me a question right yeah that's how i feel about yeah. that. I, was just I would think that the the one thing that i don't think people should ask is how did you lose your sight i never well, lost i, I never lost blind it. people that, feel me, like that but that that, I, I that is I don't that's care. a personal I don't thing. Care. Yeah, I don't no. care either. I don't care about that. Yeah, I don't care either. I never there lost are it. lots of people it. who feel that way, but I'm not yeah. one of them. I agree. I don't. I don't yeah. care. I tell them. Yeah. So Miss Beth had two points, and we interrupted her. Yeah, we did. No, that, was, that was the commercial. Right. Um, <laughs> interesting. And very interesting, guys. The other thing is, how many of us who are legally blind all the way to totally blind? have had a misinformed opinion about another disability, whether we said it, whether we said anything or not. And I think the answer is we probably have done that. At least some of us probably have. So my point in bringing up these two questions is let's kind of I mean, I'm I'm happy we're having this discussion. Don't get me wrong, but let's kind of back off on these poor-sighted people. I mean, you know, if we would have done the same thing, or if we have done the same thing, it's an issue of casting the first stone. I I think you raise a good point, uh, Brian or Marianne or 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 Larry. Do you guys have a thought? I think it's a good point, and I, I I don't um. 
I don't think that I would take it so far as we shouldn't do anything about it. Um, I think that I think I I I think I handle um, situations that occur tactfully. Um, I'll answer any silly question, and when um, people um, talk. There have been only a very few times when I've been like really annoyed by something. And even then I internalize a lot, but I think that as long as we handle our answers tactfully, I think the sighted people are better off for being educated. Yeah. So one of the things that pops into my head is, um, there's handling things expeditiously, uh, as a guide dog user, guide dog users frequently have sighted people ask the name of their dog. How do you handle that, Marianne? Um, I'll just tell you how I handled it the last time. First of all, it depends on in what stage we are. Like when Percy and I were together for years, I told them his name is Percy because there was nothing going to shake his ability to, to guide me. We were solid. Um, right now, Icon is just we're just three weeks into this or whatever it is, th just about three mm -hmm. weeks into this. And um, somebody on the um, getting on the bus or off the bus asked me. And when I got off the bus, I didn't tell them. I just kind of, I didn't say, I'm not going to tell you. I just kind of ignored their question, did my business, sat down. And when I got off the bus, I turned to them and I said, by the way, his name is Icon, but I didn't want you talking to him. So I, I you know, said it with a smile. And, um, you, you know, so my answer is, it depends on what stage I am in the process of working with my guide. I'm not that person, Brian, who says, I'll never tell you the dog's name. Um, it depends on how secure I am in our teamship, as it were. Yes, and, and so, the same thing was I never hid my dog's name, but again, I get it why some people are concerned uh, about strangers knowing their name, the name of their animal, because they may, in fact, most people are going to remember your dog's name before they remember yep. yours. <laughs> so For now sure. you're walking down the street and they see you on the other side of the street and you say, hi there, Icon, how you doing? But yeah. yeah, just what you don't want them to do. Right. Right, just what you don't want them to do. So sometimes it's, do you have time to take, do you have time to process the situation you're in to uh, create an environment where you can respond appropriately. Sometimes you just need to get off the bus. You don't have time to uh, do uh, a fancier answer or a more thoughtful answer to the situation you were in. You were lucky the guy got off behind you and you knew that. So you could say, by the way, his name is Icon. So, Miss Beth, I guess. Um... I, I guess my question to you is, how far do you want to take this? Would would you just ignore them and go on with your life and, and say, what the heck, it's not that important? I would try to not make this into a really high-profile thing. Um, a few years ago, I was at a restaurant with sighted friends and 
I was reading a Braille menu, which for me is a real treat because I almost never see them. And the waiter, who who is really, he was wonderful, nice, efficient, did his job very well. And I heard him ask one of the friends I was with, is she coloring? Now, I didn't answer because he wasn't talking to me. If we want people, and I'm not through yet, I'm just, I just want to put a side comment here mm-hmm. if we want people you know do do unto others the way we want done unto us he wasn't talking to me so i just i don't even remember what the friend said frankly i i was having so much fun reading the menu i really wasn't all that interested and then the poor waiter i felt so sorry for him at the very end of the night he said hope to see you again and all of a sudden i could i i'm totally blind and have been from near birth, but I, I can see in my mind's eye what his face must have looked like because he gasped and for five to 10 minutes, he was so remorseful at having said that. And I was saying, and so was everybody else, it's okay, it's fine. I wanna come back, you know, we'll be, we'll, we'll probably be back, at, you know, if we get a chance, we'll be back. And I really felt sorry for the guy. I had no, anger at him at all i'm sad just thinking about it right now i mean he was absolutely torn up over this so you know i i really it's not so much about me getting my way or me being independent which is really a myth anyway but that's another topic for another night um you know we we have to think about the other people more than we think about ourselves, I believe. So do you think that the person who he was asking had an obligation to say anything? Well, I don't even remember what they said. I was so busy trying to, I was really, I, the guy was about to cry. I mean, he was really upset and we were all just kind of, oh, it's okay. It's fine. I, I think I think the friends I were, was with were also saying, "Oh, it's okay. It's fine. We had a great time, and it's great, and everything's groovy." And you know, he was beside himself because he had said, "See you. We hope to see you again." And he knew that I yeah, couldn't well, see. And and I mean, uh, the, there there are so many people who um, who use terms like that. I mean, all of us do. For heaven's yeah. sake. I mean, I mean, I'd be just as inclined to say see you later as anybody yeah, else is. Me too. Watch but TV, read a book. He, he felt so horrible about it. And I mm-hmm. didn't want him to. And I was sad for him. Yeah, I, I get that, but you still really haven't answered my question. And and my question is, how far do you carry the passivity that I hear you asking for? Would you just as soon not 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 deal with the issue and and just let it pass or do you feel there's an obligation to go somewhere i'll give you another example and this is when i was a kid i hope this i'm trying to answer your 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 question here um <laughs> i get you uh i was a kid and the the and this has happened to me i believe on other occasions the server said what does she want and I just very pleasantly said, I'd like an omelet, please, with ham and cheese. I don't want to make anybody hungry here, but um, 
you know, and it's just, I make it natural. That That's the answer. I make, I try to make it as natural and unassuming. By unassuming, I don't mean mousy. By unassuming, I mean the most natural thing in the world. Yeah. And natural, open, friendly. Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Miss Beth, thank you so much for your call. All right, this has thanks, been fun. guys. Yep. Miss Marianne. We have area code 626. Every time that area code comes up, it's Mitch. It is. It is. <laughs> Good evening. All the, all the stories that I could tell, uh, uh, you know, over and above folks asking people were with questions. Um, I think that to me, the most egregious treatment is when um, folks don't even talk to you. They just grab your cane or your arm. Uh, yes. Happened to me, and it happened to me twice. Once when I was working downtown, where you get a high percentage of folks who do not speak English, uh, and it happened to me. Uh, and my first reaction when someone grabs me uh, would normally have been to, uh, uh, you know, act as if I was being assaulted. In this case, it was a woman, and she wasn't speaking the second language of Los Angeles. She was not speaking Spanish. She was actually speaking Russian, as I found out. Mm-hmm. Um, but But she obviously had no way of communicating with me, and she just assumed that uh, that I needed help. The, the incident where I did, <laughs> I blew up. I was three blocks from home, and I was about to cross uh, the street, uh, a side street, and a fellow grabbed the other end of my cane, the cane <laughs> part that you use to actually find out where the step is. Yeah. And uh, I, I yelled at him, and I, and I said, don't you ever do that to a blind person again. And he ran off. I could hear him running down the street. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, this morning was a great example. Donna and I uh, have, a, have a gym membership, and we were, we were walking back. And in our area, they are uh, doing major work on intersections. They're repaving, they're fixing the sidewalks. They've taken out all of the APSs. Um, So we got to the main intersection, and uh, the fellow who, and a fellow comes over, and he he clearly worked for the city, uh, and we're in Pasadena. And he comes over and, and he says, um, how, do you, how do you folks know when it's safe to cross? And, you know, he did it in a, in a, in a, in a nice way. He was truly right. curious, and we told him. We do, I said, we do it the old-fashioned way. We wait, for the, we wait and, and, and listen for the traffic. And, and he was satisfied with that. But what mm-hmm. I will not tolerate is being grabbed or being dragged and in this day and age and later on when you get to the other topic i'm gonna i'm gonna comment on on that as well but um in this day and age it is not 
a good idea to, uh, you know, to be passive to allow someone to grab you because you don't know what they're going to do. Absolutely. Um, so you I, know, I'll deal. Uh, I'll deal with the questions for the most part. If I'm in a not great mood, I I may be snappy, but I'm human. But yeah. but I'll I'll deal with that a whole lot more quickly. And 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 I got to tell you the flip side of the story about helping someone. Uh, right. And I was very young in those days, and I was I was still a member of the Federation. Right. And I come to an intersection downtown, and a fellow whose voice I instantly recognized <laughs> said, he said, can you assist me in crossing the street? I think he was beginning to lose his hearing. And right. I said, I said, Jerry, it's Mitch Pomerantz. If you don't mind another blind person assisting you across the street, I'll be happy to do it. And he said, oh, sure. Thank you. <laughs> so... <laughs> So it was it was kind of the flip side of the coin. It, it if you want to get a handle on and, and unfortunately no matter how much time and money the two blindness organizations have spent over the decades uh, public attitudes haven't really changed that much in my view. I think that's if, right. If you want to see uh, a really great movie that goes back to the to the mid seventies, I think maybe a little later. Um, check out Mask. I think it's called Mask, not Masks. And and um, it actually was filmed around uh, the Camp Bloomfield, which the Foundation for the Junior Blind, which has gone through two name changes since then. But it was it was a lot of it took place around Camp Bloomfield. But there's a there's a scene there where um, Cher is the mother, and her son is blind, and uh, the principal basically says your your son doesn't need our uh, uh, doesn't need uh, to take this class. He's blind. He's not going to go to college anyway. And and Cher goes off on him. And when I saw the movie, my immediate reaction was. That that mother that share was my mother, because that happened to me in junior high school, when right. I when I when I broke my foot, and my mother and I was not I was I was not passing a couple of classes, an algebra class and a Spanish class, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 I was out of school, and my mother goes to the principal and says, I want I want my son to have have tutoring so he can take the two tests and the principal the principal said why your son's blind he's not going to college and i can only imagine in in those days there was a a journalist a tv journalist named paul coates out here and he did exposés he was kind of one of the original exposé journalists you know shining the light on 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 bad behavior in government yep. or elsewhere and my mother turned to him and I said, Mr. Dooley, if you don't provide or make sure my son gets the tutoring so he can take his two, two finals, I'm going to go to Paul Coates and I'm going to tell him the kind of principal you are. Uh, I got the tutoring and I took the test. And you passed. And actually, no, I didn't. <laughs> I, had to, but, but, I, I had to retake both the next semester, but... But 
you know, <laughs> the, the the attitudes that the sighted public have just, right. and I think you know this, Paul and Brian. I I I was a, a trainer in the tilting at windmills disability awareness class. Yes. I did it both for, uh, with my employer for the city of L.A. for a bunch of years, and I did it as a private consultant. And and it's just amazing the stereotypes and the the attitudes that people have toward blindness. Blindness is still the most feared uh, disability uh, outside of cancer. And, and as I used to say in my class when we did an exercise that focused on on those stereotypes and those disabilities, I said, um, it, the thing about it is blindness won't usually kill you. Cancer may well. Exactly. But, but blindness is just... It scares yep. the bejesus out of people, and they re- react accordingly. Yep, yep, I agree with that. Going uh, in terms of crossing streets, the thing that bothers me the most is that usually, if people are going to take you across the street, they don't say anything and they just do it. That, and, yeah, and 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 it, what always seems to happen to me when it when it happens is. They carry me across the street, and just then, the bus that I've been waiting for arrives, and I miss it. <laughs> you miss it. <laughs> well, you know, the, the only, you know, the, you're, I did a, a brief stint 100 years ago in the Boy Scouts, and, of course, uh, the Boy Scouts, you, you, yep, been you there, needed done to that. do a good yeah. deed. Yeah, you needed to do a, a good deed, <laughs> and, and yes. their stock line was, hey, help an old lady across the street. Um, whether that lady was blind, old lady was blind or not, I guess. And whether she wanted to go or not. That's also true. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Mitch, we will, we, if, if we don't get to the second topic, tune in next week, because we'll do it then. Okay. Very good. Because I, you know, in my, in my former employment, I have a lot to say about, uh, about accessibility and, and, and 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 some of the issues around that. And, so I will definitely yeah, and, do and that. And I would love, I would love to have your opinions because I, I have some pretty strong views, and and I'd be interested to see if they, if they correspond with yours. So and and I, I may bring in an issue that you haven't even considered, but it's one that all, all folks who live in big cities nowadays have to, have to uh, confront. So I will definitely, if you don't bring it up today, I'll, I'll tune in next week. I promise. Thank you. Appreciate it, Great. sir. Take and, it and I'm going to keep listening. And in fact, we will. Um, and in fact, we'll make you a panelist. Oh well, that would be uh, yeah. that would be fantastic. Uh, we will next we next will. Tuesday. I should be I should be home. I'll have to check my calendar, but I should be home. Excellent. Thank you, sir. All right. Very, very good. good. All right. Bye, Miss Marianne. We still have some hands. Nope, you're clear for now. Okay, I've got uh, a story to tell. Still, uh, a, a guy by the name of Irving Smith from Washington State, and I were at an ACB, uh, must have been a legislative seminar or something like that. So we were in Washington, D.C., and uh, I had heard that there was a Helen Keller exhibit over at uh, the Smithsonian. So the two of us went over there. Uh, He was uh, significantly older than I, was a little less comfortable in a big urban environment than I was. But Mm -hmm. we went over there and we got to see the exhibit. And when we were done, we were working our way back out of the Smithsonian. And it has lots of entrances and lots of exits. 
But in this particular case, we went up to the first exit and they had chained it closed. So we went over to the next exit down the way and it was also padlocked, chained, closed. And at that moment, a guy came from behind us and grabbed each of us by an elbow and propelled us in front of him uh, to the next available open door and shoved us out into the rain. All the time he did that, he was yelling at the top of his lungs, I don't speak blind, I don't speak blind. And we got on the outside of the door because, you know, we were doing our best just to stay on our feet uh, as we were being shoved forward into uh, yep. physical assistance. We got out there in the rain and all we could do is laugh our faces off. Uh, wondering what you this didn't language turn, you didn't turn around called. and say i don't speak sighted neither uh, well it was too late the door was closed and i was in the rain but <laughs> i got that it does it truly does amaze me how people's willingness to be helpful isn't matched with their understanding of how to do it so, so the two so do not go hand in hand yeah, so let's spend a little bit of time, the four of us, talking about how we ought to respond when people are inappropriate. Um, what 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 should what should our reaction be? I mean, are 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 we where Beth is, and and that that we should essentially um, do our best to downplay it as much as as much as we can? Where ought we to be? I think if you I think I was born a teacher. Yeah. Because I was yeah. born a teacher, all of those moments are teaching moments. Yep. Uh-huh. Opportunities to teach. Um, I was in the doctor's office the other day. A new medical assistant was there who wanted to take me to the hand to guide me to the exam room. And I said, let me give you a chance for a little education. This is how you guide a blind person. You know, uh-huh. you just, yeah. You just do it. I- I've done my my approach has changed the older I got when I was young I probably didn't do that because I really didn't know what to say or what to do but but when I got older I thought to myself this does no good for me now Beth if it works for Beth that's up to Beth but it does me no good to downplay any of these situations because it doesn't teach the person anything and if you can teach one person Maybe they'll talk to somebody else. I mean, it's, it's it's a slow way to do it. But I always work towards teaching them something with regard to, like what Brian just said. Because uh, they don't know how, they don't know how to lead a blind person. Sometimes they'll pick up my cane and pull on the cane. I won't stand for that. And I'll tell them what we need to do in order for this to work. And it's, it's if it's done with sincerity and it's not done with scathing remarks as you teach them, it works. It's fine. I always am thinking about the next blind person that person's going to come in contact with. Yeah. I may yeah. not need the assistant, but the next guy might. Yep. And I don't want this guy to be scared away from doing that for that next blind person. I think um, somebody made the point earlier this evening, and I think it's probably the most important point that comes out of this whole exercise for me is if we can say to folks um thank you so much for asking Mm -hmm. thank you so much for asking we are we are 
I think, getting to a place where we are creating the opportunity for dialogue. Dialogue, um, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And 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 that's what we're I, I think all the way across the board is what we're is what we're looking for here. Um and and I, and I think the other thing that we're looking for is 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 not to be taken for granted and dehumanized and diminished by by the by by the kind of interaction that we receive from folks who who are not blind. And and I I, I guess that's where uh, I find myself a little uncomfortable um, with with pure passivity because because I think whenever whenever we allow that and do nothing, we are simply reinforcing that person's belief that their understanding of who we are is correct. That's that's how yes. I feel about it. I I agree. I also think though. To one thing that Mitch said, <clears throat> there are times when I shouldn't have to be a superhero of blindness and do everything correctly, uh, including interacting with the sighted sure. public. I find it very hard to turn a uh, time in an emergency room into a teaching moment. I'm there, I'm sick. I need your help. You know, I shouldn't be put into a position where I have to teach you and be gentle with you. I'm hurting. Uh, so, you know, that's the one time I allow myself to be less than gentle when what looks like stupid things happen. I find medical professionals to be the most uninformed. Yes. Um, I- the well uh, i'll just uh we have um, somebody from clubhouse but i'll tell you the worst thing that's ever happened to me is pregnancy uh delivery and i'll just tell you them very quickly the first time i gave birth to it was a c-section and i should have been walking around and no one came to be of assistance at all and i wasn't i was very introverted at that time and the opposite the the second birth was also a c-section and um I realized the day in that they weren't bringing my me my baby unless she was sleeping, and I asked her about it, and she said, "We're not bringing your baby awake to feed or anything unless you have someone sighted here." And I was just coming off of like the pain meds for the day, and I just burst out crying. And my mom walked in, and she asked what was wrong, and she my mom could march. She marched down yes. the hall, and she um, said whatever she said. They took that nurse off my case, so I just find and and then my um, doctor, the same one for the first pregnancy. Every single visit, and I'm not exaggerating. Every visit, he would ask me if I needed his nurse to help me get dressed. <laughs> yeah, we have I gotcha. I, again. Yeah. The medical is the tough one. I've, okay. I've had I've had that happen during regular appointments, physicals, and and I'm thinking to myself, did I really hear what I just heard? Yep. Don't these people know any better? But the answer is no, they don't. Jane, you have someone in clubhouse. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yep. Can yes. Okay. Um, Chris. Hi. Hello, nice to meet all of you. I know Larry. Hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. (laughs) I'm from California. Yeah, Um, not too far away. So, 
Yeah, I'm here in Orange County, actually. Yep. Um, so I'm a younger person. I'm only in my early 30s. So I, my perspective is definitely new school, I guess you would say, in the, in, in the sense. I, I'm kind of where Larry was at when he was referring to his younger days. I, I feel like I still don't know too much what I'm talking about. But I will say that um, I think that for me, uh, being educated, and I'm, I'm glad that, because I'm a graduate student right now. I'm majoring in uh, rehabilitation counseling. Uh, at Cal State Los Angeles, and nice. I know there's views about rehab counseling or rehabilitation, the DOR services, things of that sort. But I will say that I am glad that the the that the counseling um, field is embracing a model of focusing on um, teaching students to have that empathy and to ask questions. I think that it's it's uh, definitely um, getting away from the medical model, which basically is what you guys were referring to i think the the lady was referring to about with her pregnancy i believe it was or something Mm -hmm, like that mm -hmm. i think that is important for the new generation to stop focusing on the physical aspects of a disability in this case blindness and start focusing on applying empathy and different therapeutical techniques and stuff and i think that you know you were referring to the questions that it's it's a great thing that they are teaching the students including myself to not be afraid to ask questions. And I'm also teaching my fellow classmates, my cohort, that too, to please ask questions. You know, hey, um, is there the correct way to guide? You know, because, you know, I just wanted to know. And, you know, I would tell them, yes, there is. And this is how you do it. And I think that makes them feel not dehumanized. And, and again, they can pass it on to other individuals. And I think that's from my perspective i'm glad that the um professional field is doing that and counseling specifically i'm not too sure about the medical field i think it still sounds like they're only focusing on symptoms and stuff which i think that's just a part of the training but i am glad that they are teaching us that so i just wanted to let the the you know y'all know that it's 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 a good thing that they're going towards that direction it's a great thing actually so i just so someone said Someone said earlier that that one of the things that we might be guilty of is uh, not having much knowledge of other disabilities and um, and being inappropriate in the kind of interaction that we have. So my question to you is, <clears throat> in in your rehab counseling training, are are you actually getting an opportunity to explore a range of disabilities rather than just blindness or visual impairment? Yes, um, we focus on both physical and mental uh, disabilities because there's a lot of disorders out there that are a part of um, the disability community. You know that you know are being addressed, and I think that's important that we do mm-hmm. get the knowledge on other disabilities besides blindness because although we have a you know I have, I have I am blind. It's important that I understand other disabilities and ask the correct questions and interact with other people that have different disabilities. And I think that um, it's a great thing that they're doing that. So they touch upon, you know, um, physical meaning like people that may have cerebral palsy. And then they also touch upon mental disabilities such as, you know, I don't know, um, they say autistic spectrum disorder, ASD. Sure. Um, behavioral issues things of that sort developmental issues intellectual disabilities things of that sort so it's it's going in the right direction it's going to take time but it's definitely going towards the right direction so thank you 
Thank you. Very good. Yep. Thanks very much for your call. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> Do we have any we more had, hands on Ferry Ann? You had um, area code 808. And that's your last hand for now. 808. Uh, good evening, Paul, Brian, everybody. How you doing? It's Penny in Hawaii. Uh, Hi. I, I just I just wanted to uh, touch on something that Paul that you said earlier. It is super important. Well, I think it is, in my opinion. When a person comes up and asks, "Do you need help?" and you really don't at that point that you say, no, I, I'm okay, I'm fine, but thank you for asking. Yep. Because if you don't, the next blind person that they see might actually need help at that moment, but they don't come up because you said no. <laughs> so you think that person every time, and I, I usually tell people, thank you for asking, I'm fine right now, and if I needed the help, I would accept it, and I appreciate you asking. That that's a very good thing that you should do. Um, and the lady speaking of a C-section, and they would not bring her baby to her unless she was uh, a sighted person was there. The first thing that popped in my head is I would have been in that situation. I'd have told her, "Well, a sighted person wasn't there when I could see." So, <laughs> I don't well, need you, one now. <laughs> but you see, you're making you're making assumptions that that Marianne didn't have a sighted boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I'm fine. I was just um, in the hospital for four days last month, and I yep. find that the the nurses and people in that field they really have no clue. I was, yeah. they, they had an alarm on my bed and they wanted me to call them if I had to go to the bathroom. Now the bathroom was right there. If the door was open, I could hit the bowl <laughs> down there from standing by the side of my bed. I mean, the bathroom gotcha. was right there. You know, gotcha. and you want oh, me goodness. to call you to go to the bathroom every time and yep. Every time I put my feet on the floor, the alarm would go off on the bed, and you come rushing in to take me, what, three feet, four feet? I'm going to run you people to death, okay? I'm going to set this alarm off even if I don't have to go to the bed. And I, I tell her, and the, and the lady was like, oh, wow, he made it to the bathroom. How could he make it to the bathroom? He can't see. And I told the one nurse that came in, I said, you know, um, these statements that you guys are making are very offensive. Um, mm -hmm. I think you guys need sensitivity training up here because you don't have a clue. You have no clue, you know. So it, it's just a matter of exposure. Um, Slightly people just aren't exposed enough. Um, when you go to the conventions in the hotel, the staff members in the hotel where the convention has been, I bet that they have a thoroughly different opinion of blind people once the convention is over than yep, what they I, had when we were there, yep, when, before yep. we came. And that's yep. because of the exposure that they had to blind people. Yep. If, if sighted people came in contact with blind people as much as the 
sighted people in the in the staff in these hotels came in contact with blind people over the convention, we would be a heck of a lot farther than we are. You know, yeah, I, I was Mitch- in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I, I lived in Vegas and um, I got involved with this uh, air purification company. And I went to the business office to uh, register my business. And um, the lady pulls out the form for me to fill out. And I said, I'm unable to fill it out because I can't see it. And she was so dumbfounded, she didn't know what to do. And she said, well, I don't know what to do. And I asked her, I said, how long have you worked here? And she said, I've been here five years. I said, you've been here five years and you've never had a blind person come in to register a business? And she said, no. And she asked why we still have the hard way to go because these people are not exposed. And getting more exposure out there um, is kind of what we need. And yep. unfortunately, being the blind person in the situation that we find ourselves in, we have to go that extra mile to educate. I mean, it's not their fault that they're stupid. I mean, you know, gotcha. it's, it's really not. They just don't know. And, yep. and so we have to educate at every, at every chance we get, we have to educate, no matter how mad we are or, or how stupid we think the question is, we, we have to be patient and educated every turn. Gotcha. Thank you very much for your call, sir. Appreciate you it. You too, Paul. Thank you, guys. Yep. Yep. Miss Marion, I think we still have some more hands. We do. Um, Jane, um, has somebody else in Clubhouse? Yeah, we have, um, a Greg from Clubhouse. Hey there. Hello. Um, <clears throat> very happy to be on the show. Oops. Yep. Jane, you muted yourself. Oh, um, there you each, go. Each blind person is different. Um, so we need to be um, respectful of that and know that, but that also makes it hard, right, to educate because each blind person is going to respond to situations differently. The other thing I just wanted to uh, point out, and I'm I'm just being real, and I wonder if you guys have any solutions to this or if if people do, but. You know, look, we get we get tired of educating as people who are blind or visually impaired. We want to educate. I want to educate. I go into schools. I, you know, ask ask. You know, I invite questions from other people. But at a certain point, there's a certain level of burnout that comes from just education, education, or maybe it's talking about myself, you know, and my disability so much. So I think that kind of plays a factor in it too, like the whole burnout piece. And I wonder how we get over that because I really think it's important that we educate. But sometimes, some days we just 
haven't had enough coffee or, you know, we just feel tired or we just, and it's the last thing we, we want to do is to um, help about educate. And like you said, I'm yeah. an advocate for education, you know, 100% of the time, but burnout is real. So I don't know if you guys have experienced that or you sure, know, but have any solutions, so. But how do you how do you respond on a day like that when when you just don't feel like it you just you just ignore what's going on and 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 essentially do what you need to do? Well, I'll I'll give I'll usually give the response. I will usually give it, and I guess sometimes it's it's I get tired of saying it over and over again. You know, uh, even if it's to different people, you know. But I will still educate. At the end of the day, I will still educate. But it just gets a little, um, a, a little tiring at at times to have to, you know, repeat yourself over and over and have to. It's almost like making people understand yep. who you are, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Now, it, it, I wonder if it's any different. Um, I wonder if it's any different at, at, in, in terms of the way that we have to operate as blind people um, than it is that perhaps the way that women have to operate or the way that black folks have to operate or the way that Hispanic folks have to operate. I mean, is, is, there, is, there, the, is there the same level of misunderstanding and prejudice that's out there for those groups? I mean, probably, you know, it's, it's just... And yeah, I, I it, 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 some days I just want to like have like like a, a tape recorder, you know, and and you know, yeah. just record, not be a robot, but record all my answers. So anyway, thanks for taking my call. This is that's a good uh, question though, Paul. I wonder yeah. if it is the same experience for got it, you know, different ethnic ethnicities or you know different other whatever your culture or people group is yep cool thank you very much for your call we 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 appreciate your input and it's and it's pretty valuable brian do you do you get to the point where you just can't where where, where you've just had enough yes and, and, and what then do you I, what do you do then i hibernate <laughs> yeah i do I don't allow myself to uh, run away, run away with my mouth and actions. Yeah, Larry, do do you do you just hibernate or or no? Or? Uh, but but I I feel the same way Brian does. You know, ever after a while, it gets to the point where I'm I say I'm done, I'm done, I'm tired because it never go it never stops. No. It so doesn't. so I punt and then come back later on and and my outlook has changed and then you fight the fight. Marianne is is is, is that where you are or No, I don't I don't know. I I guess I haven't gotten to the point where I'm so tired that I would stay home instead. No, I don't get there. I I think um I think I understand, uh, and and I think I often feel 
um, that that we are expected to be ambassadors all the time. Um, and 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 that expectation isn't just placed on us by other blind people. I think it's also placed on us by sighted people. I think there is an expectation that blind people are nice. And and when a blind person isn't nice, we, we are going outside of our stereotype because we're all supposed to be little Claras um, from Heidi. <laughs> and um, and I think I think there's a there, there's a real sense it for me anyway that 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 that's part of the issue. There there is an, an expectation that not only not only am I less than other people, but but I have been trained to react appropriately uh, as an inferior should to superior folks. Um, did, 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 is is that over the top, Mr. Ryan? No, I think it's accurate. Yep. All right. I think we still have some more hands, Miss Marianne. We do. We have Kathy Blackburn. Hey, Miss Kathy. Hello. Um, I think th this probably should have been in the first hour, but I only just thought of it. Um, we live in an assisted living facility now and uh one day a supervising physical therapist no less not somebody i'd worked with before was supposed to come see me and when she arrived i was actually in the bathroom and she completely panicked because i didn't have the light on oh dear and I just said, well, we, neither, of, neither of us has light perception. We don't need the light. And she was still quite overcome by this. Come to find out later, her son is deaf. And oh, dear. I, and, and so I'm like, okay. She, she somewhere missed the train, I think. Just with, I think so. I think so. So do you lose do you lose patience, Miss Kathy? There are times I do. There was a, a med tech who was starting here and and she walked into the room and practically the first thing she said was, Why do you have quilts hanging on the wall when you can't see them? <laughs> and and I after after I got over my surprise, I said because they help block the echo. Well, see, that's that's a good point. Because the sound echoes off the walls like crazy here. And of course, it, it's 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 interesting. I I think I probably would have said something like, um, I I I I just feel like I need to do something to make you guys feel more at home. <laughs> You could just say so you could appreciate them. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I I, I used to have well, three or four paintings hung up in in my office, and and one or two of them were tactile, but the other two were not. Uh, you know, I had a, a sailboat um, just because I thought a sailboat would be a pretty neat thing to have up in in my office. Uh, 
and 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 I had a a, a lot of plaques that I'd collected too, um, and and they're fun to have up there. But the but the paintings, I I don't think anybody ever asked me why I had paintings in my office, so I avoided that one. Miss Kathy, other thoughts? No, that was all I had. Well, cool. Thank you so much for calling us. Thank you. Uh huh. We have Elizabeth Bowden. Miss Elizabeth from Florida. Okay, I found that on mute. Um, I just, I've been listening in the last 45 minutes because I forgot. Mm -hmm. I got so excited about my Brilliant when it downloaded. So, um, I've experienced like three of these different things. I know my mother, one day I was having a bad day and stuff like that. So I wore this really bad looking shirt and it had a stain on it, bleach, um, to go over to their house. And so the next day she pulled me aside and said, you know, you're, you can't do things like that because you're supposed to be an example of how blind people are and things like that. And it was, and I was, I didn't tell her, but I was like, well, you know what? I didn't feel like it yesterday. I wasn't in the mood to change my shirt and I didn't. Mm -hmm. um, but, and she's done that several times. Um, and I do get to where I haven't gotten to where I've just really um, did not, not willing to answer questions or do things like that except maybe one or two times one time my husband and i walked out of a restaurant and the other time it was at a store we were buying christmas presents and we got up to the cash register thing and they were obviously presents and the girl said do you have somebody at home who's going to wrap up those for you i said yeah it's a robot we bought it last week from sears and and I said, you know, we really like, but um, so but it does. And usually, I can tell if I'm going to be in that kind of mood. And every sometimes I will stay home because I think it's not worth it for the person that comes after me that encounters that person that I, you know, tore up or did something bad to. <laughs> I, I, you you make a good point though. I think your first point. Your first point, though, is 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 interesting, um, Elizabeth. Um, I, you know, I think that um, I think there is an expectation that that blind people will dress appropriately and won't have stains and and that sort of thing. Is there a, an an inappropriate and unreal expectation that's that's on us in terms of the way that we're supposed to present ourselves, Miss Marianne? Um, I think that people are more surprised when you're dressed well and groomed well and you have your makeup done well and your hair done well than if you, as a blind person, than if you showed up um, discombobulated. Yeah. yeah. Do, do I hear you, do I dare to presume <laughs> that I hear you suggesting that there is an expectation that there are blind people who can't look good and don't look good? 
Unfortunately, there really are there those is. people. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yep. there are. Yeah, because we went the first time we went to a national convention. My husband and I, my husband has low vision. Mm-hmm. And he said, there's people all over this restaurant and they're eating with their hands. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, really? He said, yeah. I they're went to not even using utensils. Right. I went to a legislative seminar and sat with a sighted, I was with a sighted companion who told me things I didn't want to know. Yeah. And, 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 and what's our responsibility when that kind of thing happens? It, it, do we have one? I don't feel like I do. No, I don't. I'm not think approaching so. somebody who's there's no their way he could eating with their fingers. Brian, do, do, do we have any responsibility? <laughs> I think our responsibility is to be to not be that. That's what I think our responsibility is. Well, that's yeah. true. That's yeah. what I think our responsibility is. Uh, Miss, Miss, Mr. Larry, any thoughts? Do we have any responsibility when? When when blind when we know that blind folks are eating with their hands and and, and when uh, when they've got a steak on their plate, I'm I'm still digesting the thoughts <laughs> that I've just heard, and I'm not doing it with my hands. No, but, seriously. But I've had I've been I mean, in situations like that where I know that people. I found out later that people I was sitting with did that, mm-hmm. and, and and I don't know if. If I do, I, I had not really given up such thoughts. First of all, I was rather, I wasn't very excited to know that that was happening because I assumed that by this point in time that most people probably didn't do that. But I know now that that's it not did. true. It's not true. Yeah. I don't know what we can do, what without, do you think, Paul? without causing chaos at the table. So, Brian, any thoughts? Let's see. Is he muted? So uh, we are we are rapidly approaching the time when um, our program tonight will be over. Um, so that means that we actually have our topic for next week, and and that topic will be uh, really, in some respects, the other side of the coin um, from the one that we've been talking about so far this evening. Tonight we've been talking about. Uh, what what sighted people perhaps need to be encouraged to do with regard to blind people. But in a very real sense, what we're going to be talking about next week is what blind people should be expected to do <clears throat> in terms of the sighted world. Um, there are all kinds of um, there are all kinds of things that have that have been legislated that blind people now have, and there's a lot of evidence out there that suggests that many blind people don't use many of the things that they have. This applies to accessible voting machines, announcements on buses, um, accessible pedestrian signals, uh, and and a range of other accommodations um, that we've been able to acquire. Uh, that that are just not, for the most part, being used in, in a very serious or realistic way. We can even perhaps talk about the degree to which paratransit is being superseded by rideshares. Um, to what extent do we as blind people or as organizations of blind people have a responsibility to do anything about that? 
Uh, it is our hope that everyone will join us to talk about this and other subjects of leftovers. So it's very appropriate that that's what we'll be talking about the week after Thanksgiving. In the meantime, I've enjoyed having the opportunity to share ideas with lots of you and look forward to having everybody back next week. Until then, good night.